Hello, hello. Welcome to Koopa Talks, a podcast about, well, basically now it's it's about whatever. But I try to do like more niche stuff and stuff that hasn't been really talked about. Um, our usual co-host isn't here. Um, Andy, he's out in the world doing adult stuff, like a lame But I brought along a special guest with me. His name's Amaro. He's a close friend of mine and also a bit of an otaku, an unhealthy obsession with Love Live. What? That's not me. <laughs> I moved yeah. on to Bang Dream now. <laughs> um, Anyways. You know, it's like, <laughs> kind of like Picker and Poison. Oh, come on. But, if anything, all anime is kind of poison if you really think about it. So <laughs> if you really think about it's a con- it. It's a constant game of pick your poison. Sometimes you just kind of gurgle all of it down. I mean, and, <laughs> and the poison we picked today is something. What's the full title? Uh, the full title? My Little Sister Can't Be This Cute. Or Ore no Imoto ga ko. ni kawaii wake ga nai. There you go. Or just Oreimo for short. And that's how we referring it throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we started this episode basically on a whim in our <laughs> uh, group chat with uh, a few other friends. Oh, boy. Do you, do you want me to talk about why I really wanted to go back into Oreimo? Yeah, he, he, Amaro is the one that actually started this whole conversation. <laughs> and I'm like, why don't we just talk about it? Okay, well, there's kind of three main reasons where I just sudden why I suddenly felt like just watching Ori Emo. The first one is I uh, the, the current anime season's kind of it's kind of a slow season, so yeah, I felt like uh... it was a it was a good time to kind of either rewatch something or go back to the backlog. Mm-hmm. Second, um I felt that since now we're in the new decade, I would kind of look back at what were the kind of key series that had like the biggest impacts yes. on the industry. Oreimo is what I consider a key series, quote unquote. <laughs> it has more, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of the first one that came up on the list since it was very early 2010s. So I thought, sure, why not? And the third reason I would kind of call like morbid curiosity, I would guess, because I felt like we felt like with, let's go with the most shocking show, <laughs> at least at the time, to kind of rewatch and form a new opinion about, rather than, you know, this actual 10-year-old opinion I've had of it since then. Yeah. Um, yeah, with Ori Emo, uh, the first season came out in 2010. Mm-hmm. And like, let's go talk a little about about like when it aired, like basically in context of our lives. Okay. Um, at that point, um, we were both high schoolers in the same high school. Yeah, we were in high school ten years. Uh, sophomores, right? Yep, sophomores. Um, for me, anime. I started getting into anime. Like I grew up with like anime. Uh, watching like uh, whatever's on Toonami and things mm-hmm. like that, um, and then I came back to it in twenty two thousand and nine. Oh, okay. Because of Kon solely, <laughs> it's Kon, and because uh, I didn't want to do my geometry homework because I, I think the teacher had it out for me, <laughs> and like I wanted to spider by not doing my homework, and yeah. instead I watched Kon. There you go. You got into anime because you don't want to do your homework. <laughs> 
um and then uh i got like more towards like the internet side of things mm-hmm. uh back then like i used to go to the anime threads on the site 4chan which i don't go to anymore cause Same. It's, yep. <laughs> it's, it's a bad place now but um our emo always came up in those threads mm. and like that's how like i first started watching it and then how about you so for me yeah a similar situation i was i started getting in i guess quote into anime as early as like when tsunami started like really pushing for their anime lineup Mm -hmm. but you know even at at the time in 2000 like let's say 2004 i didn't realize how much anime was you know of a different thing from a different place yeah and i didn't didn't really you know it kind of grew incrementally for me where i was like into by the time i got to middle school you know i was watching I was watching like Eureka 7, I started picking up Bleach, and it was, you know, it's in that time before full anime streaming services, or before I yeah, knew fully like we knew. Had to do, back then, we had to get anime through other means. <laughs> means. Through other means. You know, for me, it was, I didn't even start watching anime on like anime-specific streaming sites. I started watching it by looking up parts on YouTube. Yeah. Like, oh, here's Bleach episode 5, part 1, 2, part and 3, one. and then for some reason part 2 was missing, so yeah, you always so miss like. <laughs> You had to fill in the gaps yourself. Yeah, you you pretty much had to, or at least look it up somewhere that had it translated. But then by the time I got to sophomore year, I kind of got back into it again through our mutual friend, uh, Apollo, uh, mm. kind of showing me the ropes, where to go, um, what types of series I should be watching. And in the case of Oriemo, I actually didn't watch it right away because, you know, I was still... I was in that phase of where I wanted to watch everything yeah. that people were talking about, yeah, but I was still Young kind of, and excited, youthful, of like, wow, yeah. this new world that will ultimately destroy me in the end, but I don't know that. Yeah, yeah, you don't know that. You you, you get told that, but you don't believe them. <laughs> but then, yeah, you see Oriemo and you see the fully translated title of, I, my, I can't believe my little sister... Or my little sister can't possibly be this cute. And you think... Yeah, that's probably not going to be for me. And then at some point, you know, at the time, you run out of shows to watch. So then you end up watching it anyways. And boy, what a ride that was for 14 to 15 year old tomorrow. Yes. It's, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I started watching it when it was airing. And like, I was just really surprised on mm. how, like, it's kind of, it's kind of, all right. So. <laughs> Upon watching like the first season, yeah, my end my end thoughts is that it's kind of trashy. Yeah. Oh boy. There's a lot of you know, um, very questionable <laughs> and often lewd scenes. Yeah. Very questionable shots. Um. Very questionable. Um. Di- certain themes. Dialogue like not themes. not all the themes are like bad, mm-hmm. but like certain ones. Oh you know, yeah. Are, are, uh, um. <laughs> but like I thought like it animated pretty well. Oh yeah. And I think it was the first time I've ever like seen like a light novel adaptation oh, and like yeah, I true. discovered what light novels were. Right, right. I'm yeah. like why is this title so long? <laughs> and I'm like no, that's how most yeah, all yeah. attractive uh, light novel things are. I felt the same way with like Infinite Stratos, I think, where you, you realize like, oh, this is this is like, oh, this is what the genre called. It's it's a harem rom-com. Oh, it's a light novel adaptation. So then you start making those connections. Yeah, and um, let's see. Like, compared to like other anime that came out in mm-hmm. like 2010, um, <laughs> like 
Angel Beats mm-hmm. was like a cool high school one. Oh yeah, that wasn't lewd at all. That, that, that was a weird entry one for most people that weren't even into anime. Yeah, uh, there's one the Setakai Yakundomo. Yeah, Yakundomo. That was like it's it's lewd, but like it, it wants to be lewd. It wants to be lewd. But yeah. like with Ori Emo, it's kind of like it wants to do everything. <laughs> And like, like it doesn't, it stops having like an identity. I mean, that's the thing. On. That's the thing with Setokai Yakoindomo is that it's it wants to be horny, and yeah. Orimo is trying to be horny, but it knows that it probably shouldn't be. <laughs> it's like it's always like tearing on the edge. Yeah, and like it wants to do like these serious plot lines. Uh huh. And then it also does the <laughs> thing of like. Uh, the main character opens the door, and then yep, the yep. little sister is like has her butt like, up in the air. Butt up and is like bent over, and for some reason there's a butt shot. It's like uh, and that's like that's like the second episode. I think that is, <laughs> maybe is the first episode. I think for me, Orimo is a series where I realize I shouldn't be watching anime with show up, and then someone will walk in. Yeah, and um, this is at a time where it's hard to explain anime because <laughs> it's it wasn't as mainstream then. Yeah at least the first season does really well it's like you know uh the media not so much now but like back then like portrays um otakus like bad people and like (laughs) lewd people so you know it's 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 like how um like mid-2000s like violent video games oh yeah yeah where like um you're ruining the the generation, yeah, and like we should ban them. <laughs> and like, um, Ori Emo comes out in this time mm. where like, um, otakuism and like, uh, like it just can get out of control for people, and then the media just like picks it up because it wants like a scapegoat, yeah, and like wants to like ban otakus i think that for me that was a sort of connection i made with Orimo because even though they were presenting their own uh context about otakuism i was thinking of like what my context was and like you know anime is this thing that most people would assume to be just this perverted or very violent thing so i made that connection with the theme uh of this idea like oh yeah anime is just bad in general yeah. or it's something you'll be judged for if you enjoy it yeah it's like um like right now in 2020 mm-hmm. and like the years prior yep. it's become like more and more accepted it's more and more mainstream mm-hmm. but like back then um you didn't really have a lot of people in like your actual life uh-huh. like to talk to you about it and things like that uh-huh. and like if you could meet like a friend like who's like do that stuff like we talked about earlier like paulo yeah it was like unabashedly like in there yeah in there <laughs> but also kind of weird socially yeah yeah but um uh and then the other only place you could go to is like those weird corners of the internet oh yeah back then there was like really two types of things you can do with anime there was the shows that you could recommend just very easily like oh yeah you should watch uh naruto or uh any of the other shonen type shows and then there's a shows like Orimo where you kind of hope someone stumbles into it so you have somebody to talk to about it <laughs> or you'll inch them on a, like very slowly to watch it or it's like if you know you're very into anime friend he's probably already watching it yeah probably because it's and he just doesn't want to for talk the about wrong it. reasons i think <laughs> most likely 
Oh, but, but yeah, Oraimo in 2010. That's that's oh boy. <laughs> yeah, like compared to like other things that came out, uh, you mentioned a few, but like there's also like more serious titles like mm. um, Time of Eve, which is that um, six episode like movie about mm. androids and robots. Oh yeah, uh, the Tommy Galaxy, which is very like abstract and weird. Oh yeah. And then one of my favorites, I'm going to see one of my uh, anime of the decades, mm-hmm. uh, Sora Novoto, Sound of the Sky, which is about, like, um, uh, war and, like, it's kind of like a slice of life. And, like, very tiny tints of Yuri. <clears throat> but it, like, deals with, like, a, a kind of post-apocalyptic, like, uh climate change kind of deal oh yeah i forgot about that you know now that i'm looking at this list and comparing it to oriemo i could see 2010 being a very weird year in terms of like what types of settings and themes that they were going for that decade or that decade that year yeah um oh yeah the disappearance of uh harui Zuzumiya. came out that year too i mean you have setakaya queen double and penny and stocking on the list and squid girl and those are all weird shows yeah i think because you have this list out of um, anime pick from the 2010s. Um, you see a lot of comedy and you see a lot of like a mix of series stuff. Yeah. But, I guess uh, in a sense, Orimo did fit in pretty yeah. well in that year. But yeah, Orimo like definitely fits in as like a variety. And I think what makes it kind of like more attractive to you mm. is that um, honestly, even before 2010, it was like. I haven't really seen much of like these like um uh light novel adaptations quite mm. like um or Evo. <clears throat> Especially with um the whole brother sister romantic aspect. Yeah. I mean it's not like Oriemo was the first to do that. We obviously had other shows like Please Twins that was running on into the incest line. <laughs> and it still kinda did. <laughs> But even then, the whole brother-sister thing, I, I still think it was kind of a niche. Seems like it was still pretty much of a niche idea. Yeah. Until Orimo. And, like, it even just builds off of um, what some of the movies were doing. Which oh, was, yeah. Um, the, the whole Moe portion of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, the main character, uh, Kirino. It's really loved, like, the stuff. Mm-hmm. But then it balances out with like um, uh, the goth, gothic type of stuff with oh, yeah. the Kuroneko. Yeah, we we had every aspect of the that show, and like that's the main <clears throat> building point of also like Ori Emo is that um, you have all these people <laughs> with like these different like love mm-hmm. the genres and Kuroneko. Yeah, and like. And then Saori just being the moderator, kind of. Yeah. I think... Yeah, that scene is, like, it's very, like... um, It's, like, one of the good parts about Oriumo is Mm. that, like, it shows, like, uh, two different fan bases Mm. and how they're able to get along, even though, despite, like, they're arguing, you know, Mm. so-and-so is obviously better and you're just garbage. (laughs) But, like, through those arguments, you sort of, like, become closer. I think I mean that's what I thought was the most appealing part at first. Like even though we not call it like what otaku baiting or whatever, it's just that you know it's a commentary on the culture that me in 2010 still had no idea about. Yeah. So learning what you know, learning what in uh, like doujins are, learning about comic cat, 
learning what an eroge was. Yeah, it's like erogeus. <laughs> erogeus, learning about, you know, more about visual novels, all that type of thing. That's what I found to be the most appealing is back in 2010, for sure. Yeah. And then jumping into Ori Emo Season 2. Oh, no. Coming out in 2013. Um, in our lives, we were both... I think it came out, like, after he graduated high school. Might have, yeah. If, or if not, towards the end. Yeah, so, so we're, like, a little bit more mature, you know? Yeah. Also, if you didn't mention this before, um, we both watched, recently watched Ori Emo. Yep, we, we watched it just for this show. Just for this <laughs> episode. You're welcome. Lucky you. <laughs> um, what, what, what were your thoughts about Ori Emo Season 2? Well, first off, when it first came out, I was happy that we got more. Of course, I did at the time and very much enjoy season one. Yeah, it's like so, the yeah, it's like animation and the art and like the design. Animation, art. I was hoping they would probably go more in depth with the otaku culture then for 2013. Yeah. But then, you you knew it felt different tonally, just because of course they weren't focusing on Kirino's whole like uh, life counseling part. Yeah. As it was focusing more so on just the relationship between Kyosuke and Kirino, which was fine because I think season one left off on a whole, we have a better relationship as siblings now. Yeah. Even though there were some weird seasons, season one, where like, yeah, uh, Kyosuke's like, oh, yeah, um, I'm going to be a better brother now. Also, I have a wallpaper of you and a swimsuit <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay, well, that's just a side joke, I hope. But then season two. Yeah, later season two. Season two, there are some parts I still like about it, because even through season two, you didn't feel the incest coming in. Really, <laughs> I think. You I, no. I at least as I rewatched. <laughs> what do you mean? Like I rewatched it recently, and I'm watching the first couple episodes. You know, he's still kind of teasing her, like, "Oh yeah. yeah, we're still just siblings." Yeah, he's a sibling. Nothing. Nothing more. You know, it's like. Oh, Kirin knows the trademark tropey Cinderella. Hey, yeah, but they're still teasing it out like, oh, he's he's just a siscon, and he's very angrily saying, no, I'm not. Jeez. So I believe him for the most part for yeah. that first half of that season. You know, everyone loves Kiyosuke, so why not trust him? No, I think he's a genuine character for the most part. He's he's mostly honest he even though at first he dislikes his sister he does after learning her secret does want a better relationship with her i think yeah and i was kind of hoping they would reinforce that for season two and they do in some cases Mm -hmm. give me some water (laughs) but oh boy i think it gets especially weird seeing that with season two you had to watch the ovas that retcons the ending of season of season one yeah you remember that uh yeah it's it just changes a little bit of it yeah because i believe um the ovas you're talking about like uh on the official listing it has like good end and then like the best, best end, end or something yeah yeah and then best end is like the weird one where, yeah um, um, so if you haven't watched the um, first season of Ori Emo, it's a bit of a spoilers. Uh-huh. But uh, Kirina goes abroad, uh-huh. and then in the the good end, um, she stays. I think he stays in America. Oh, no, in in yeah. the in the TV airing, she does decide to stay, but then in the OVA, she does leave. But then Kyosuke has to bring her back. Yeah, Kyosuke has like this drive of like. 
I'm bringing back my sister no matter what. Yeah, because he gets a he gets a text message from her saying like, "Throw yeah, away all yeah, my yeah, otaku throw away stuff. everything." Yeah. Like all my awards and all my uh, arrogance. Uh huh. Um. But uh, yeah, it it definitely does retcon that, <laughs> and I forgot about it. Uh-huh. I was watching it. I'm like, why are there two of the same episodes? <laughs> and like, it makes you wonder what what they were planning, what they were planning on what ending they expected to have mm. oh. on season two. I think um it's the the best end like that's the real ending yeah because like she goes back and like talks to uh Kuronoko and everyone yeah and then you go into season two with that and then it just becomes weird yeah. in terms of like the I, I mean know. I mean it's interesting that there there's a portion of season two that doesn't focus on their relationship like you yeah. know Kuronoko's not going to Kyosuke's school we learn more about Sayori's background why she became an otaku yeah uh, you get some new characters in, like uh, Seno, Sena in the in the video game club, who's a yeah, full on Fujoshi. The, 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 what else? Say say uh, say. Se- so. You saw it in this character. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Sena. So you also learned what a Fujoshi. I learned what a Fujoshi was <laughs> from season two. <laughs> I had some idea, but I didn't know there was a word for it. So now there you go. Yeah, um, it still does uh, what I think. It does best was like introduce like mm-hmm. a little bit of um more otaku culture and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second part of um Ori Emo season the second two. Half. Well, it's like not more like the second part. It's more like the the second like uh. It's basically when it goes into the romance. Yeah, I thought that was kind of fine, just because at the time like, Kuroneko was my favorite. <laughs> so for them to go into like the romance arc of it while also him trying to maintain a relation a normal relationship with his sister quote normal yeah i thought that was gonna be an interesting thing until the end of the romance arc where you know what it said in her notebook and i thought oh no wh- wh- what um <clears throat> yeah so with the romance for me i like i I thought it was. <laughs> I don't. I won't say it's going too far, uh-huh. but I think it was just too much, and like that. What that's what ultimately turned me off. Oh really? <laughs> with um, or emo season two, mm. is that um, we get to see like the first part is like Kyosuke dating Kuroneko. Yeah, and then ultimately they have to break up. Yep. Because that's when you learn Kyosuke is really, really digs his sister. <laughs> I think well, well, the the main conflict was I want this relationship between all three of us to be very good. That was Kuroneko's yeah. whole goal. But even then, when she said that, I didn't think she meant oh I'm fine if there's incest involved as long as I'm there too. And it's like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> Yeah, I think I took a screen cap of it because I thought it was really <laughs> funny. But it's like, because then I, like, I totally forgot about it. Uh-huh. It's like, um, even if... Um, it's on my other computer. Uh-huh. But even if, like, um, um, Kiyosuke commits, like, incest, like, I'd still be there for him. Yeah. They're my besties and stuff, whatever. <laughs> uh, then you start getting into, like, more weirder stuff. Yeah. Like, with Ayase. And then with the... What's that other girl? 
the red haired uh, girl. The red. Oh, uh, my, my, I forgot her name too. Kana, uh, Kanako. Kanako, yeah. Um, who starts really getting more fond of um, Kyosuke? Yeah. It's like what's this, what's I get because like Kyosuke is like really helping them out. Yeah. And things like that. I mean, I would probably compare it to saying that season one felt like a light novel adaptation and season two felt like a visual novel adaptation. Yeah, it's more... Yeah, definitely. I think maybe that's what they're going for, you yeah, know, naming an I mean, OVA through end. I mean, they were selling a visual novel at the time for the game, yeah, for the series. Yeah, on the PSP. Yep. Um, but, like, with that romance aspect, like, given... So this is, like... um. We're like seniors in high school. We probably graduated. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, mean, I have a list out of um anime from 2011, 2012, and the rest of 2013. Mm. And it's like there's just so many like anime we've watched and experienced. Yeah. And like going back into Ori, Ori emo season two. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think um the anime you watched? from that gap uh-huh. like really influenced your taste or like made th- you more mature in a way i think the one <laughs> i don't know if it made me more mature but the one that made probably also had the most impact on me at the time at least in terms of like what i know about otaku culture is the world god only knows yeah that one another sort of slice of life rom-com harem show that is intended to be a harem show yeah and it's like it definitely has that whole like PSP visual novel vibe yeah <laughs> and how you know even though you're supposed to like the main character you know he has an unhealthy habit yeah that they acknowledge in the show yeah it's like the supernatural aspect of like these yeah <laughs> devil angels whatever and how he has to help them otherwise he die or something but even then b- between 2010 and 2013 you get a lot more quirky shows and you kind of get used to the idea of shows just being weird and that yeah. being the likable component of it i mean what, what, what do we got here we got we got chihaya furu making a, a card game into a sports anime <laughs> you got the devil's a part-timer that you know um and then uh, Snafu too. Snafu, yeah, you you got it's like a, a more, more mature, mature, realistic type of school slice of life show. Uh, <laughs> uh Tamako Market, Tamako comedy. Market, yeah. Uh, Yishiki, another comedy. Ore no Kanajo, yeah. And like other other stuff. So by this point, we're just kind of used to the formula of slice of life rom com harem show. And some shows have done it better than others, and some of them were just kind of a waste of time. Like, like what do we got here? Tari Tari wasn't a... That wasn't. I like Tari Tari. I like Ween as a character. <laughs> and his obsession with Sentai shows. That's yeah. likable. But, um, but yeah, definitely. Um, like, yeah, as you started getting more into anime, like, you just become more used to it. Uh-huh. But, like... Alright, so I think... That when then it was airing, mm-hmm. uh, I watched the first few episodes and like it didn't really pique my interest, so I stopped watching. Uh. Because for me, my taste even then was like a hopeless romantic kind of deal. Yeah, like when Amagami SS came out. Yep. <laughs> in 2010 and 2013, I was like, "This is my jam." This is my jam. Yeah, romance shows. Let's go. And it's like it's it's done pretty well, <laughs> and then going to Ori Emo, where it's like, 
I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I should feel about this. Aren't they in middle school? Oh yeah, that that that's another part we'll get into later. But, but I guess uh, yeah. I guess the part that also appealed to me is because I never really liked Kirino as a character. <laughs> Just you know, your Sundere type that's extra Sundere, so it's extra unlikable. So for them to then go into the other characters like Kuraneko, Sayori, and Ayase, and then of course the side characters like Kanako, I thought, okay, this is this is somewhat refreshing. And it all goes back to the little sister. Yep. That all goes back to her. You know what's the worst part about that ending? Well, that we also had to go into the heartbreak. Oh, yeah. For yeah. all the other characters. For <laughs> Kuraneko, for Ayase, for Kanako, for Aunt Manami. Then yeah. they actually had to go into that. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta close that gap. You gotta cl- burn everything. You gotta close that gap. I think for me, the worst part about the ending is like the final episode, where you you learn about uh the promise Kirino and Kyosuke make in the hotel. Yeah. Oh. Which yeah. is after graduation. Yeah. Let's go go back, back to, to normal. Normal. Yep. But then it, it there's it kind of like leaves off with the foreshadowing that it's not gonna go back to normal when at the very end in Akihabara yep. Kyosuke kisses Kirino he's like well we're siblings isn't that normal it's like <sighs> but it's <laughs> even if you were to believe Kyosuke in that scene it makes me feel like that whole like moment that they were in a relationship was kind of a waste cause then what's the point yeah. There's even a scene where he acknowledges like, "Oh my god, I had I had Kuroneko and Ayase confess to me and I feel like I am wasting this opportunity, but here I am confessing to you, my little sister instead." And it's like, "I feel the same way and I'm upset." <laughs> and the fact that we just kind of end it after he graduates makes it seem like it was just all for nothing. Yeah. Like they could have easily made that second half of be about like, oh, I'm in a relationship with Kuroneko, so I'm, it's not like she's taking me she's taking me away from you, my little sister, like it does in the PSP game. There's there's an arc for that. Mm-hmm. They could have easily made that about that, make you know prioritizing your relationship with with your significant other, and then your, of course your sister. But no, we just went full incest. Yes, <laughs> and I I don't know like the ultimate decision because of it, but like. Maybe it's like to sell more, whatever. Maybe Kirino was the very popular character because everyone likes a good tsundere. That's what I'm wondering. Like, since the ending was off the OVAs and not the the aired anime, yeah, I'm wondering if there was. I don't know. I'll have to look into it. If there was like a poll involved, if they just looked in who's the most popular character, whatever. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Seeing it now, <laughs> watching it now, that whole part. Mm-hmm. Like, I just wanted to stop watching. It was making me uncomfortable. Like they <laughs> there's the the part where the wedding dress yep. and the ring. And they even and then they kiss and they say, Oh, we've really done it now, haven't we? <laughs> yep. Guess we're going back to normal after this. Well like in real life when <laughs> when you do something like that, when you do like a very intense decision. Uh huh. Like, it sticks with you. Yeah. And, like, you could see that when Kiyosuke kisses Kirino on uh, the cheek at uh-huh. Akihabara. I was like, they're not gonna... They're... They <laughs> can't go back to normal after this. It doesn't help that between season one and then a little bit after season two, there's been, like, other anime that leaned hard on the sister relationship. Yeah. Like, Oni Eye. 
course. Onii. There was another show that I can't. Onii was okay because <laughs> it wasn't okay. <laughs> but um, because they were a half, 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 half really. Was it half? I thought they were just not blood related. Was it? Yeah, what? I think they're not blood related. It's just still spoilers. weird. Hey, spoilers. There's yeah, spoilers for Onii, a show that came out like what seven years ago. <laughs> Um, my list, I mean. But then, of course, there was also the other show that I'm forgetting the title of. It's like I'm trying to. Fi- it's basically the guy trying to figure out which of the five girls is actually his little sister. <laughs> oh, then, I remember that. And it's like, oh, guess what? It's the girl that has the same hair color as you. <laughs> and then, of course, every other harem show has like the character that's either actually the little sister or very little sister-like. Yeah. So we got that. Uh I don't know, man. I still want to say that I enjoy the series as a whole. It's just that is in the background. <laughs> the incest arc. I say like, I think the or emo as a whole has a lot of things going for it. Uh-huh. Some I could get down behind. Yeah. Some I think are cool. But others, mm. for me personally, <laughs> I think is lame. Yeah. I think. Like earlier, I talked about like going into theories. I thought it was like a little bit trashy, uh-huh. and like now, like going back to all of it, there's a lot of good things about it. Mm. I can see why people would like this. Yeah, but it's still extremely trashy. Yeah, it's trash, but a lot of it's like, but it's like we eat trash all the time. <laughs> True. Every now and then, you feel like, man, I want to eat McDonald's, and then you go, you eat it, and then you feel good for a bit. But then afterward, you feel pretty bad. But at least McDonald's doesn't make you kiss your sister. <laughs> at least McDonald's doesn't make you reject very better options for romance. At least McDonald's doesn't make you play Eroge in front of normal people. True. But Oreimo, like for me, mm-hmm. I think I had enough of it. <laughs> I think I'm done. You're good. I don't, I don't like... Um, for you, like, let's say someone's trying to get into anime, uh huh. Would you show them Oreimo? It depends where they're leaning towards. Like, do they like anime for like for like action stuff? Definitely not. Though I would probably show them the fight scene in season two. That was pretty <laughs> sick. Or if they're looking for just anything all around, they're they're cool with slice of life, cool with rom coms, cool with. The weird, the weirder aspects of anime, I would probably at least tell them about it. I wouldn't recommend it. Me neither. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's like, it's like it's a nicely animated show. It is. You know the uh, character designs are all there. Um, if you want to learn like more about like tropey characters, oh yeah, it's definitely like a good one. Um, but like, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Ultimately, the question is, does it still hold up? I, th- If this show came out now, it would still have a following, I think. At least until Twitter goes crazy for the last episode. <laughs> I th- Everything breaks. I would, I would recommend a show on the very fact that it's very self-referential for what otaku culture was in 2010 yeah and even earlier on with how whenever the light novel came out like yeah and like that whole that whole time period bubble the whole era of like oh here's kuroneko representing the edgy shows like i don't know vampire night comes to mind or blood plus (laughs) it's like uh a little bit like uh 
Her designs are a little bit like uh, Code Geass or something. A little bit, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's definitely that. And then here's Kirino to represent the trashy side. And, it's um, not trashy. How dare <laughs> And the And, you know. Like, Ori Evo is trashy. But Kirino is like, not a trashy character. Like, like, <laughs> like magical girls are not trashy. I, well, not that part. I mean, obviously, there's that part to acknowledge. Oh, yeah, she really likes the magical girl stuff. But she also represents the side of otaku culture, like these are, um, these are adults into magical girl stuff, which they acknowledge is yeah has some nuance to like yeah these shows are highly produced, even though the audience is meant for kids, yeah. But at this point in 2010, that's not really the case now. So yeah, I would I would use Oriimo as a way to look back at what the culture was back then. Yeah, and I think it does that good of a job. Yeah. Of um, yeah. Even like just going back, uh, rewatching it, and like refamiliarizing myself with uh, the themes and what Oriyama is actually show, uh-huh. and it's like it's almost in a way nostalgic. Oh yeah, and like um, like because like back then I used I still like I used to play like um, Japanese vision novels that are translated, mm. and then some that are. Not not specifically arrow gaze, mm-hmm. but like some with those like kinds of stuff. Right. And like uh, my fondness for like those and like how that grew to be like my fondness for like um, other romance shows and like other romance uh, media. Uh-huh. Like Amagami SS. Yeah. And I like mean... or emo reminds me of a time where it's like uh, I wasn't very public about like my love of anime uh-huh. as I like I am now, where it's like more accepted. But uh, just finding like a close community and finding people we could talk to. You. I mean, yeah, w- one of the earliest episodes was Kirino trying to find a group of girls to then talk to, where then they introduce the other characters. Yeah, and like in that way, it does like a lot of stuff like that that are good. Yeah, I mean, I think. I learned a lot about otaku culture through Oriemo. I mean, I learned what Akihabara was. Mm-hmm. And then to see Akihabara again referenced in other shows like Steins Gate, like, okay, this is an important place for the culture, for sure. Yeah, I learned like, what a yeah. maid cafe was. Yeah, it's like it's, like, it's a, a stepping stone. Mm. Like, um, if you aren't familiar with that stuff, yeah, it's like, it's just, here's a lot of that stuff. It's just that now we have other shows that probably do that a little better. Yeah, but, like, back then... Or more up to date. Back then, it was still, like, cool to see... Mm. And like, you d- yeah, you don't really see that in anime. You didn't really see that in anime back then. Yeah, and even if you did, it was probably an unpopular show. Uh, oh, I think some other good things. As we come to this close, <laughs> um, see what does the show does well? I think character interactions. Oh yeah, and like it, it does it extremely well. Like between. Um, everybody like I like seeing that relationship between ISA and the childhood friend uh, oh yeah oh yeah they Minami. did build a relationship <clears throat> yeah and it's like you you see ISA trusting uh, Minami more uh-huh. because like he's re- he really like knows uh, Kiyosuke Kiyosuke yeah. but then whenever Kiyosuke and ISA are together you know so like beats him up and yeah. stuff but through Minami, like he's like begins to trust Kyosuke more, mm. and I think we we get to see like a lot of like different characters just interact with each other. 
I always felt that Monami was the one that got the short end. Because, of course, she, she mostly interacted with Kyosuke and then, of course, with Ayase. Yeah. And then, of course, she had a poor relationship with Kirito that you then learned later about. But, yeah, I would agree for sure. Interactions is definitely a plus. Um, and they were mostly consistent. I mean... Yeah. I mean, obviously, obviously Kyosuke and Ayase's uh, relationship, even towards the end as it got more intimate and then just got totally shut down. <laughs> <laughs> keep and even I mean we always joke that I say is the yandere character but then yeah. I realized as I was rewatching it that it wasn't really that much in there yeah it was more like a, a tropey joke tropey joke she was more so just quick to use violence I guess yeah but overall you I mean you you understand very well that she cares very much about Kirino and that she's always concerned about their friendship yeah. I mean there's several episodes dedicated to that so I thought you know, having that sort of um, character storytelling, I guess I would call it, to be consistent was nice. Yeah, e- yeah, even like season one and season two. Season one, season two, yeah. Like um, the characters definitely like grow, and you get to see a lot of them mm. more. But like, they're all super consistent. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, just a tangent to go back to ISA. One of the best episodes was her stumbling on the group as they were walking out of Comiquette. Yeah. Because yeah. that's how they ended the episode. And even me then, and then me rewatching it, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to go down. It's about to go down. It's all out. She knows. I don't re- and this is me, like, not remembering what happens next. So I guess that's one of the joys of going back to the anime after so long. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, speaking about going down, <laughs> um, the whole ending scene between... Uh, Manami and uh, or Kirino, yeah. Like, like I was rewatching it, and then how um Kirino basically instigated it. Yeah. And then like, (laughs) Manami just wanted Kyosuke to live a healthy life, not yeah, with with no incest. And then we got the perfect one-liner of what we said we were gonna fight. (laughs) And started like going at it. It was probably the subs, but that season two especially had a good, like a lot of good one-liners. Yeah. Like obviously the Kuroneko one for like if they don't like my masturbation material, I'll just have to show them like what masturbation yeah. really is or whatever that line was. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the subs, but um. Probably. The idea like still goes across. Oh yeah, you still and, see screenshots. And even like um, it still feels like something they would like realistically say mm-hmm. in a way. Even though, like, things get lost in translation, oh, but, yeah. like, the feeling is still there. It's there. That's what solidifies their character, in a way. So the characters are really good. Yeah, characters are really good. I felt, I wish I learned more about some of them, which is why, after I watched season two, I ended up watching videos of the PSP game, which I know is not canon. But, but it's, like, it's still more, you know. It's more. It's still more. Your uh, logging and desire for more e- or emos <laughs> can be satiated. I mean, there's plenty to do. There's plenty to read. There's plenty to fan read. Yeah, just read the light novel. To or just have a good time. Or just dig yourself deeper and just watch Aramanga. Oh no, I don't. I don't think anyone should watch Aramanga Sensei. I think they should experience Aramanga. No, I don't think no. they should like Aramanga. <laughs> you know, All right, that's for that's for another episode. Okay, but uh, just briefly. Um, what do you think the show doesn't do all too well? Aside from the incest? <laughs> I th- Aside... 
I mean, <laughs> I think for me, thinking back on it, it's. I think it's just the way it decides to go about like that whole incest stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the the romance stuff. Um, it basically just ends on that big cliffhanger. Yeah. Of um. Kiyosuke just I don't think they're gonna live a normal <laughs> life after you know yeah I mean it's one of those endings where I feel like I'm doing more to myself to think that's just how it ends than when the show's really letting on yeah so I'm just telling myself constantly okay normal relationship normal relationship normal relationship they're having a normal relationship now and he's squandered his chances with the others that's all my mind is doing but I know <laughs> and of course I don't know if that's like how the light novel ended or if the light novel is even over yeah so there's probably more out there to tell me that it either gets better or worse yeah but I think um it's because it's obviously trying to do the whole uh, visual novel kind of thing. Mm. And, like, with those, the, like, there's a good part about it, but, like, the bad part is that, like, mm. there there can never be a really true ending. Yeah. And, like, I always think of that, um, the ending of uh, Bacchano, mm -hmm. which is, like, this um, mafioso uh, high-impact anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, like basically you learn spoilers you learn that uh it's just this old man retelling a story to the younger child yeah and then at the very end it's like what about the rest of the story what happens and it's like well uh basically he just says like you don't say this specifically but it's like um it wasn't that there's it's still ongoing mm. but it's like you're gonna have to like figure that out for yourself mm. and it's like in a way uh this ending like for some people it's like the true ending for other mm. people it's like you know this i wanted him to be with kanako or Ayase or whatever oh, no. but um like that's the that's the thing that always happens is that um you're <laughs> you're never gonna get what you want i think that's kind of a consequence of like of it starting to become more of a multimedia project. Yeah. You know, you have the anime, you have the light novels, you have all manga adaptation, you have the games, and it kind of getting mixed up with all that. Yeah. And it's like, there's just a lot of ways to go. Mm. And like, they chose this way. And it's like, you know, with any big project, there's like a lot of people working on it and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, you know, I think it's good, good on them for like creating this stuff. Mm. But, uh, I don't know. Sometimes fan bases and fandoms that's, could go in too hard. That's that's the new tr that's the trend that I think I saw building. Once we start seeing a lot more like slice of life harem rom coms, yeah, is that there's always going to be a group that's upset because they have a favorite character they lost, or like lost in quotes, quote unquote lost. I mean, I don't even is, does this is this even a considered like a win for Kirino at all? <laughs> Or is it just a loss for everyone? I don't know. Nowadays, I don't <laughs> like like to consider like uh, the the game of love the as uh, winners love. and losers. That's true. But like, um, it's okay. In my head canon, the PSP <laughs> ending is the canon. <laughs> the one. We got the ISA ending, even though six of them involve dying. <laughs> I, yeah, it's like a lot of them. Um, <coughs> 
it's just like all up in the air and it's like i think that's like the beauty about like having access to like so many animes and mm. so many like stories and other media mm. it's like um you you yourself could do a lot of the like uh one example is like a uh, voltron <laughs> you know the on netflix the new voltron legendary defenders uh-huh. a lot of people they didn't really like how a lot of certain character arcs went oh, so okay. they wrote better ones <laughs> <laughs> they made Jiro gay. <laughs> I mean, on a weird note, for Yorimo, I mean, like I said, we got other shows that decided to be self-referential about the culture and that probably did it a lot better. I mean, what we got, we got... Oh, I'm already losing some of them. We got Anime Gatoris. We got Gamers. We got, I guess, Sai Kano for the visual novel aspect for it. Mm-hmm. What else did we get? New game, New I guess. Game. <laughs> I, I I honestly haven't watched those because. Oh really? Uh, it's more. Uh, oh, so miss- after or Evo. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're missing out on another like whole plethora of, like trashy shows that. Make see, you that's good. that's the thing though. I, at a certain point, I just stopped watching trash. <laughs> <laughs> like I started focusing on like animes that like conveyed more mm. in terms of like a story or like does a lot of things well. Okay. <laughs> And like um, like like what 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 did I watch? Uh, <laughs> what did you watch post or emo? <clears throat> so I lots like a lot of um, Kyoani stuff. Mm-hmm. Working season three, I'm I'm looking at a list of other animes. I think um, after high school, that's when I started like drifting away mm. from like anime and started focusing more on like school stuff. And trying to like just to keep up with more popular stuff. Mm. But uh yeah, like I said, going back to Ori Emo, it's kind of like nostalgic mm. because like in um 2016, 17, like I didn't really watch it a lot. Mm. And, like now I'm going back to like older stuff. Um in terms of like things I've already watched before. Mm. Like yeah, this is pretty trashy. <laughs> Maybe I don't need to watch more trash in my life, <laughs> but I'm willing to go back to this one. Yeah. And like. And when you run out of trash, you could always back go back to the other trash that you. I don't. I don't, don't want to watch. Liked. I'm done with trash, dude. What? <laughs> I think at a certain. <laughs> All right, there's like two schools of thoughts. You know, <laughs> it's like you could continue watching like this weird trashy anime uh-huh. with like the etchy scenes and stuff like that <laughs> i'm i'm currently not about that life you do you whatever our listeners want to do if they're into like watching butts and stuff you know i watched um strike witches oh boy the infamous uh no pants yeah infamous anime with the uh, jet fighter legs and no pants you know i i liked it at the time uh-huh but like now, I never want to ever think about Strike Witches. I think now that we have so much more anime than we did in 2010, like a seasonal 2010. Yeah. We also all like have to factor in meme culture, and that some people don't watch trashy shows because they like it, but because there's memes involved. True. I mean, uh, I watched to keep a strip for the memes. 
<laughs> I did not enjoy that show at all. But it was self-referential and maybe not in a good way. I mean, <laughs> now nowadays we live in a society where um No, that, you just cut off there. We live in a society. We live in a society. There you go. That's all you need to That's say. That's all I need to say. <laughs> but like memes, rain king, anything you get experience within a few seconds. Uh-huh. <clears throat> rain king. I mean, we have a whole group of people that don't watch anime but keep up with the memes. <laughs> they know the show just through the memes. It's, it's true. And it's like, at, at this point in my life, I am, I, I'm not going to convince you to do anything. Uh-huh. I'm just going to let you be. And <laughs> you have fun mm-hmm. while I have fun doing my own thing. Sure. That's fine, too. <clears throat> I'm just saying, there's a good piece of trash right there. <laughs> there's a, there's a <laughs> McDonald's chicken nuggets right there. There's a there's a nachos party pack from Taco Bell right there. There you go. There's some mini tacos right over there. If you feel like <laughs> eating ready, it, it'll always ready, be there. It's ready for me. I see it. Amaro, you could have it. I think it also goes with like watching habits. I think trash is easier to watch when it's already done. Yeah, and you can just kind of blow through it. Whereas, do I really want to wait wait a week to continue <laughs> watching trash? <laughs> Your weekly trash week. So there we go. We consider Oriimo and the discourse around it, its ending, and what it impact it had on the community, and what place it has today. Dang, speaking like a true podcast host, in which you steal my ending. <laughs> no, I was kidding. But uh, yeah, thanks again. Um, thanks for suggesting Ori Emo and allowing me to watch it again and feel a little bit nostalgic. No problem. Coming into this uh, new 2020. Yeah. Tune in next week where we talk about Precure. We're <laughs> we not going to talk about Precure. <laughs> oh, God, <dude. laughs> oh, we'll see. Uh, no promises, uh-huh. as always. You know, I don't like to promise, promise things I don't. Or I can't don't think i could deliver in a very good way uh-huh but uh again uh thanks thanks tomorrow for uh being on the show uh-huh. uh you're a lovely guest thank you and uh maybe we'll have you back on hopefully yeah hopefully. thanks thanks we'll, for having me thanks we'll see for me. If, the, if this show makes more than a dollar <laughs> we'll have you back on oh cool do i get a part of that dollar no dang uh you're you're on a one month probation period <laughs> But the month is the total of hours you put on on the episode. Oh, nice. Okay. So it'll probably be like five years. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for having me on. Thanks for letting me have the opportunity to think about Oriimo in a more critical sense, to reflect on those feelings, and to think about what to do with those feelings in the future. Yeah, because um, I don't think anyone should ever write about Oriimo ever again. <laughs> yeah. We, but we this is a cool way to do it. We don't need Oriimo back in the discourse. We don't need, need Oriimo back in our life. Yep. But, uh, excuse me, I'm going to go fill it back with Bang Dream. <laughs> so again, uh, where can we follow you if you want to be followed? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Amaro Ray. Uh, just at Amaro Ray, you'll find me there. Yeah, I, I thought there was an underscore at the end. Oh, you're right. There, it, there's How many Amaro Rays do you think you'll find? <laughs> Amaro Ray. A-M-A-R-O Ray. Um... Yes, and again, he's uh, a Bang Dream fanatic. Bang Dream fanatic. Love Life fanatic. Love Life. Not so much these days, but we'll see. 
and likes and likes U.S. history and politics. Yep, follow me for that as well if you want me to complain and retweet other people that complain. And then you could uh, follow me, your lovely host of Koopa Talks, um, at Mock Knight, because uh, Mock Knight was taken. Oh, or you can look up my handle, Mock Knight. Uh, yeah, follow this podcast at Koopa Talks. Uh, we're available wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, yeah, thanks again for listening. Uh, we hope to have another episode eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll keep you posted on what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll have Amaro back on. Maybe our uh, co-host Andrew when he's done working at Disney. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Whoa! Oh, whoa, whoa! Too much info there. Ooh. But all, um, I mean, we all technically work at Disney at this point. True. They'll, we, they'll we, eat up everything. We know a lot of friends that work at Disney. They'll eat up the they'll eat up the, the pizza place at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, hope you enjoyed this talk about Ori Emo. Mm-hmm. And I hope you have a great and lovely day. And Amara, take us out. <laughs> if you have any other thoughts about Ori Emo yourself, please feel free to let us know. All right. All right. Take Jenna. care. <laughs> please don't. <laughs>